3: live, Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on V Prime Primetime.
4: Hour two of V Prime Primetime presented by BetMGM alongside Super Bowl champ and two length Green Wave great Sean King. Played on the second best team in school history.
5: <laughs> what? Well, I just. I think we had a team that won an SEC championship, so I could. I'm cool with that. There you go, 1938,
4: right? They mentioned it a lot on the broadcast. Listen. (laughs) Oh, 34. I apologize, 1934. No
5: one wins when the family feuds. So we don't feud internally in our Tulane family. It's not about which team was better. It's about the fact that both teams had great accomplishments. So
4: I guess when you said on this show, after you returned from the Cotton Bowl, that that this year's Tulane team is the second best team ever, it was... Second to the 1934 team that
5: they reference on the broadcast. Well, I mean, I think we're only team in history to win all the games. So <laughs> kind of is what it is.
4: All right, let's bring in Thor Nystrom, our good friend. You can follow him on Twitter at Thor KU, who was red hot during the bowl season. And uh, we enjoyed that very much. My we got guy, one Thor. One game left. Thor, just like we all expected back in August, TCU taking on Georgia in the national championship. Um, Let's start with the underdog uh, TCU, 12, 12 and a half point underdog here before we get to a side that you may like. How does TCU, they, they were able to do it against Michigan, how do they duplicate that and keep this thing close on Monday night? What is the the method to their madness, in your opinion?
3: The, there There's a couple of uh, things that they need to do for the formula here. Number one, they got to hit on the explosive plays. I, I think there's a path there for that. I mean, they're top 10 explosiveness, both rushing and passing. And by the way, Georgia's defense, while they're very strong, uh, they do give up the explosive play. So you got that going for you. The the other thing is TCU needs to uh, suppress the turnovers. They were able to beat Michigan despite turning the ball over three times, mostly because they got three turnovers of their own, including the two pick sixes. They cannot turn the ball over three times. They do that against Georgia. They're going to get whipped because uh, george is not going to give them the ball three times so that's those are the keys for tcu here
4: thor so flipping it over to the georgia side uh, we just talked to matt fortuna last hour and you know the uncertainty of darnell washington uh the the just massive human uh that plays on the opposite side of brock bowers uh more of a blocking guy but you know very influential in the run game and, and all of that. Darnell Washington, we won't know, I guess, until Monday night if he's going to be a full go. But let's say he's he's hampered. Uh, how big of a loss could that be for Georgia on Monday night?
3: I, I think it'd be a huge loss, and and I think he's probably going to be out. You know, I because I, I, it, it's a high ankle sprain, right? No, and you're they, talking about it. They said
4: soft tissue injury, and I think it was something of he got like stepped on. Um, you know, in, in that game, so. It's, you know, as all injury reports tend to be this time of year, we don't really know, right? But uh, I think uh, Kirby did clarify it's not a high ankle sprain, so it is more of a foot situation.
3: But you, you got to plan off the 270 pounds yeah. or, or whatever a, a really a really big guy and it, like you mentioned he's he's a, bl- a blocking tight end uh, 270 pounds one of the best blocking tight ends in, in the nation really a, a third tackle uh, type and and the uh, it's it's a great point by Matt because uh, he's he's a third tackle is what Darnell Washington is and extremely valuable to that offense. Uh, Obviously, uh, Georgia, one of the best running teams in the nation. And Darnell Washington also uh, gives you a little bit of a receiving utility as well as a sort of security blanket uh, for Stetson Bennett as a sort of tertiary option when when the other guys aren't open. Uh, Darnell Washington actually is the second highest graded uh, Georgia offensive player, only uh, only one-tenth of a point behind Stetson Bennett himself. So, like, I don't think people realize how valuable to that offense Darna Washington is, uh, but the NFL is very interested in Darna Washington and extremely v- valuable to the Bulldogs' offense.
5: Well, here's what's interesting for me. I hear a lot of people, and you know, justifiably so, talk about how is TCU going to stop Georgia. My question is, does Georgia's run defense hold up against a TCU rush offense that all of a sudden is extremely physical? and dynamic 263 yards rushing and the one thing that we knew Michigan was stout was run defense and they really run in and they dominated the line of scrimmage and some of that is Max Dugan who had over 50 yards rushing he's a dual threat guy but a lot of it was just the TCU scheme and physicality overwhelming the Wolverines I'm more interested can Georgia negate that aspect of the TCU offense
3: yeah, it, that part of it's going to be interesting, and this brings us to the other big injury concern of this game, is yeah, Kendra Miller, yeah. yeah, is he going to be healthy enough to play in this game? If he's not, that takes away uh, an enormous component of the TCU offense, because if he can't go, that takes away the explosive element of the TCU rushing offense. I, I think TCU retains the efficiency of their rushing offense if Kendry Miller can't go, because DeMarcado is a top 20 uh, uh, yards after contact runner in the entire FBS. And we saw DeMarcado after Miller went down against Michigan. He was very effective against that that Wolverines uh, run defense. And Max Dugan as well. We've seen him the last two games against both Michigan and Kansas State. His rushing output has ticked up. Um, And and we'll see if if he can continue that against the the, the Georgia run defense as well. Uh, Another interesting aspect of this is, the the Georgia uh, pass defense you know flipping it to that they do not blitz very much they they stay back so i i think maybe the running lanes won't be there as much for max dugan but it's going to give max dugan much more time in the pocket Theoretically, because the pressure rate is, is I mean, for, for Georgia has been way down there. The sack rate has been way down there for Georgia, especially with Nolan Smith being out for the year for Georgia. The, their pass rush just has not been there. If Max Dugan's allowed to just stay back there in the pocket, even if his rushing utility it, it is not as much as, as the past couple of games, you think about the looks he could get for Quentin Johnston downfield and the other speedsters that, that TCU has on the outside. That could be interesting, the big plays that could be available for TCU.
5: I hope they both play because Miller and DeMarcado are better together. Just like I think Michigan that game is completely different if Blake Corm is available because he's so much better at con- at the point of contact, gaining yards after contact than Donovan Edwards. So hopefully everybody's healthy. Hopefully the tight end from Joy is available. I want to see both teams at full strength.
4: 1000%. Yeah. Me too. We're talking once again to Thor Nyström. You can follow him on Twitter at Thor So, based off of your answers, I I kind of have a gut of where you're headed. But uh, have you made a play on a side or the total yet in this game?
3: We're going the frogs. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, getting the 12 and a half points, I, I'm taking that. Or you know, before the third, it, I, I'm I'm happy getting the double digits, whatever the the line is, because I think they have absolutely have a puncher's chance here. We saw it in the last mm. game them. The Brogs the handle a, a very similar team in Michigan, and we saw Georgia badly struggle with a similar-ish team in Ohio State. And I think you could see something very similar here. C.J. Stroud had all day, again, because Georgia, they don't send the heat. Georgia is not comfortable getting out of their their comfort zone. Georgia's defense was designed to handle more of the SEC, more of the physical, the the, the you know, the the, the physical downhill rushing styles of, of, of the SEC ones, whereas TCU defense, it, it's designed more for the the sort of uh, spread ones, whatever. But Georgia, they're not comfortable blitzing. They they want to sit back and, and, and play in front of you, whatever. Dugan's going to get the time. Uh, and, and, and now Georgia's going their defensive backfield is going to have to handle TCU's receivers that have 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four speed in space. I, I, I just don't think that's a very good scenario for them. J- Jordan's already given up the big plays all season. I, I think that the big plays are going to be there for TCU, which they've generated all season as well. I I, I I like TCU in that game. You know,
5: Thor, you've always been one of my favorites. You just elevated to my absolute favorite because if you knew how deep you just stuck the knife in my co-host, Tim Murray, I mean, he's <laughs> bleeding inside right now internally. Because he's been peacocking about how Georgia's going to woodshed TCU. And he's like, this percentage of the tickets here and that percentage. That's all factual. Oh, my goodness. You know what? Thank you, Thor. You're the best.
4: Hey, Sean, do you want to tell Thor who you bet on New Year's Eve? Well, this game is not New Year's Eve. Well, I'm just curious. Captain TCU over here, did you bet – with TCU because you've been bleeding purple all year hey, right this is how a horned Wait, oh, frog bites uh, your honor I, I would like I would like him to I would like him to uh to bet that so you're the
5: best Thor well look, you're the best Sean the,
4: the beauty is the beauty is one of us will be right and one of us will be wrong come uh come Monday night and that's the beauty you of got sports two game,
5: geniuses like. on one side then a ginger on the other what could go wrong yeah did you so when, when he gets Th- so mad? No, I'm Thor. just curious though. Saw, you, I mean, you took the knife, and I mean, it's deep inside no. him right now. He's, he's crushed. Thor's.
4: I love having opposition. I mean, Thor and I have gone head to head a couple times this year. He's won some. I've won some. But I, I do remember when we had our college bowl contest, and Sean got eliminated in the first round. I thought I thought that was pretty funny yeah, it's too. It's not apples to apples. Yeah, sure. All right, uh, Thor. Real quickly though, it will be a a heavy prop market come Monday yeah. night. So uh, let's take a look at Brock Bowers, tight end for Georgia. Do you think he'll have success against this TCU defense?
3: I, I do, yeah, I, because TCU, their their defensive strength, it's in the secondary. Uh, they have the Jim Thorpe winner, the the kid with the, the hyphenated name Hodges, uh, Tomlinson or whatever. Uh, and and beyond that, I mean, the, the other outside corner, everything like that. G- Georgia, their offensive uh, weakness, it's it's their outside receivers, um, et cetera. Uh, what Georgia needs to do in this game to generate the passing yards, it's throw it up to Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers has only gone over 70 receiving yards in three games this year. And, and so it, it seems like his his receiving yard in this game, it's elevated in, in the prop market. But I think that's justified because I I mean, I I think the market's responding to the idea that Stetson Bennett is going to need to sort of force targets at him. I think that's what you're gonna see. TCU does not have someone to, to cover Brock Bowers. Uh, they have a couple big linebackers that lumbering guys that are better in run defense. They can't cover Brock Bowers. I'm going over on Brock Bowers.
4: 62 and a half receiving yards right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thor, Happy New Year, Thor. As
3: always, we
4: appreciate sure. it. New Year. Talk to you soon. Yep. There he is, Thor T-C-U. Nystrom.
5: TCU, TCU, TCU. I thought it was hail to the victors. Hey, that's how a horn frog bites.
4: Mm. They bit in that Big 12 championship game.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is VSYN Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSYN, the sports betting network.
4: Keep it rolling here on v Sin Prime Time alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Why the Predators got to be scoring, man? Oh, a minor setback
5: for a major comeback. We're all right. Go Caps. Yeah. Ovechkin score uh, 17 goals. Key is not to go down 2-0, just to tie it at one. They play three periods for a reason.
4: All right. um, We talked last hour about what Puck Stradamus was on for tonight with mm-hmm. uh, the three plays, all regulation plays, Caps, yes. Lightning, and Flames. Mm-hmm. Put those three together, too. You get a little 7-to-1 parlay, so hopefully that's able to cash. And then, Sean, we got some business at hand. We've been doing pretty well. Uh, we Since our confidence picks came to a close a couple weeks back, we've turned our attention just to three NFL plays each week, and uh, we've been doing well. Um, we have. And let's try to keep it rolling. This is a, a unique week with a, a lot of uncertainty in some games. So if you want to give your three plays, I'll give mine, however you want to do it. What, what, what order would you, you can like go to first. go first? All right. Yeah. I will go first. I'm going tomorrow night. I think this number is inflated. I'm taking the six and a half, Sean, with the Tennessee Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this is one of the few meaningful games for both teams on this on the schedule this weekend and look Jacksonville and Tennessee seems to be seem to be two ships passing in the night right Tennessee has lost six in a row Jacksonville's getting hot at the right time these two teams played recently and the Jaguars won by a couple of touchdowns a handful of reasons I like Tennessee here a I just love Mike Vrabel mm-hmm. in a backs-against-the-wall type of situation. If you look at it, him sto- historically as a underdog of a field goal or more, I think he's around 11-4 and 4 ATS, so I like that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the rest advantage. The NFL did the Jaguars no favors by this game, by the way. Jaguars played on Sunday. They now have a short week going into this game, while the Tennessee Titans played on Thursday. So there is a rest advantage for Tennessee, And lastly, Sean, Josh Dobbs was kind of thrown to the wolves in that Dallas Cowboys game. They lost by two touchdowns, and I didn't think he played terribly. He didn't play great. But now you give Josh Dobbs extra time to work with those receivers. Derrick Henry is back for this game. He's been practicing all week. So I don't know if Tennessee wins this game outright, but in a win-or-go-home type of situation on Saturday night, with all the pressure, it seems like, even though Tennessee certainly can get into the playoffs with a win here, feels like all the pressure's on Jacksonville. I'm going to take the 6.5 with Tennessee uh, as one of my – actually my favorite bet of the weekend, Sean. So I
5: feel the same about all three of my wagers. Uh, I like Raiders on Saturday, plus the points. I, I just think Jarrett Stidham you know, showed a lot of maturity, development since the last time we've seen him. Don't forget, he's a young man that's been with Josh McDaniels at New England – now in Vegas, so a lot of the things that Josh felt like Derek Carr wasn't doing, especially at the line of scrimmage, Stidham's been in the system longer. He's more advanced in this particular system than Carr was. Made a lot of line of scrimmage adjustments that I thought benefited the Raiders greatly. You saw a lot of buy-in still. Josh Jacobs running hard, Devontae Adams playing hard. The Raiders are at home, Um, and I don't love the Chiefs' defense, so I just think it's tough when you have a defense like Kansas City to cover these bigger numbers, and I think the Raiders are motivated to end the year you know, with the really good performance. So, uh, I like the Raiders in this situation. I'm taking the points.
4: Real quickly, we talked about it last night. Patrick Mahomes, his...
5: 432 yards well, away?
4: He needs 430 yards to break the record. Okay. His player prop, I saw that drafting. 3 game, 323 and a yeah. half. Would you say... I, I would have put that as a best bet of the weekend. Because I think... I a I think you're right. I, I think the Raiders keep this close, the way that they played offensively. B... I think Mahomes is going to go for it. I, I think the Chiefs are, are absolutely going to try to get this record home. They have something to play for the number one seed and getting that by. So I, I think over 323 might be a very square play, um, but I, I think he, he puts up some big numbers.
5: Yeah, Raiders inexperienced in the secondary. Fourth,
4: uh, 29th in the league in yards allowed per game through the air. By All the
5: right. way, I'm on the opposite side of your Jacksonville-Tennessee game. I think Jacksonville rolls Tennessee. Okay. Cigar bet. No, Oh, absolutely. Was it six? Six and a half. Six? Six and a half. Oh, okay. I thought you said six. Nope. I'll take the better number. Six yeah. and a half. That's fine. I'm okay. not going to need it. Jacksonville's going to win by 11. Okay.
4: I mean, I'll take 10 if you want. Yeah, four to one? <laughs> no. well. Oh. All right. Uh, while Sean, uh, I mean, you need some work. You got some work to do. So uh, hopefully you can get one of these cigar, backs, uh, cigar bets back. Uh, while you wait... Um, I'm going to lay it with Indianapolis. Don't feel great about this one. Why why would Houston want to win this game, Sean? This is Jeff Saturday's finale. This is it. He ain't getting the job. So Indianapolis, I think you actually get a quality game plan. I anticipate Jeff Saturday to want to somehow some way get a win to close out what will be the end of his NFL coaching career. And the Houston Texans, you need to remember this, they have to lose to get the number one seed or number one draft pick because if they don't lose, Chicago's going to lose and Chicago's going to grab that number one pick. So maybe Lovey Smith and the Houston Texans are going to give it their best effort I'm going to roll with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to lay the two and a half here. I'm going to go like dumpster pain? diver. I do. Yeah, like I that. do. I, I told will you. not be I involved told you this week in is this hard. game on any level whatsoever. Well, there are teasers that I like. There are prop bets that I prefer, but we only do sides here on this particular exercise. So I had to get, I had to dive into the weeds here. And for Houston, they have, they should want to lose this game. Because they need a quarterback, and they should want the number one pick. And for Jeff Saturday, it's over after Sunday, so he's at home. Maybe he'll want to have a good game plan to close out his uh, coaching career. Here's the side of this. Before he goes back to ESPN. Here's the side
5: of this you're not accounting for. Right now the Colts are at five. They're trying to lose two. Yeah, but Jeff Saturday knows it's over. He's going to want to win. So that's even more reason that the owner can call down and say, bro, I appreciate you. You're out of here either way. How about let's tank this one and hopefully move up to a three. Tank off. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Both teams are in the same situation. Well, all right. My second best play, well, not second, because I like all three of these games the same, is I've been a huge and vocal advocate for one Mike Tomlin, the head coach of Pittsburgh. Never in his career as the head coach of the Steelers, has he ever finished a season with a losing record? Now he sits at 8-8 on a team that's been riddled with injuries. T.J. Watt got hurt, I think, in the second game or first game of the season. Missed some time. Since they've gotten T.J. Watt back, Pittsburgh's playing pretty good ball. Guess who doesn't have anything to play for? I heard David Clowney's out. I don't think Miles Garrett's going to get involved in this. I like the Steelers. I'm laying two and a half. Tomlin knows what that record is. He definitely wants to finish the year 9-8. And and they still have an outside chance of getting in the playoffs. So I love this spot for Pittsburgh. Okay.
4: Um I'm gonna go this is gonna hurt your heart a little bit. I'm gonna go Dallas first half against the Commandos on Sunday You're in fading, Washington.
5: Sam Howell?
4: Oh it's gonna hurt your pockets. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because he's shown how good he is that he got beat out Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. Uh, Dallas has something to play for at least in the first half, and then they're gonna find out at halftime that the Eagles are up 28 to nothing and they'll probably bench Dak Prescott and all the other starters. There's a reason the market is sitting the way that it is. Dallas is laying seven for the game, and there are spots in town as high as six and a half on the first half for the Dallas Cowboys. So there was a four and a half when we gave this out uh, when we when we sent these in. Uh, at DraftKings, it is now 5, but uh, I think Dallas goes into the locker rooms in front of a pro-Dallas crowd, which it will be on Sunday in FedEx or at FedEx Field, and I think the Dallas Cowboys will have a comfortable lead going into the locker room against the Washington Commanders, so uh, I will lay the 5 in the first half with the Dallas Cowboys against the
5: Commandos so i'm going first half as well and don't follow tim on that wager because sam howell my number one quarterback in this past draft class i think he's going to have an outstanding performance so we'll see i'm going bucks first half versus the falcons falcons getting four points i don't think tom brady and crew are going to play the entire game but i do think they're going to play at least the first quarter and that could be enough you know desmond ritter in three contests 85 pass attempts no touchdown passes no picks but he's been sacked seven times i think uh, the Falcons are playing pretty conservative at at this point, and uh, they have been resilient and won some games in the fourth, but that's because they've been trailing. So I'm getting two-and-a-half points where I think I'm going to get Brady and most of the starters in at least the first quarter. So I'm going to go Tampa first half plus two-and-a-half. Why
4: should Tom Brady play in this game?
5: Well, because Tom understands that they have not been a well-oiled machine. Even last week against the Panthers defense that's been really good. He threw for four hundred and 400-plus, and, and I think three, oh, was it five touchdowns that he threw? Last week? Yeah, or was it three? One of the three. Two. Three. But he knows that their leading rusher had 28 yards rushing. So he knows they still didn't have a balanced attack. They still aren't effectively and efficiently opening games. So I think they're going to do a really, really good job of scripting the first two drives of the game. I expect this offense to come out rolling. All
4: right. There you go. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. To the 49ers. Caps tied it up, too. There we go. Do the 49ers have a shot to win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? Rob Stats Guerrero will give us the answer next.
3: This is v Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on v the sports betting network.
4: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. Vcin is here to make you a smarter better. Year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is vsin prime time, week 18 on the doorstep of the NFL season and then the playoffs full steam ahead. A team that'll be there, the San Francisco 49ers, and a man who knows a whole lot about those 49ers. Our next guest, you can follow him on Twitter at StatsOnFire. Rob Stats guerrera host of the NFL podcast for SB Nation and the Niners Nation podcast as well. I'm going to stop talking stats. I'm going to turn it over to Sean because I think you would uh, enjoy who he has emerging out of the NFC. Sean?
5: So if I asked you a question and I said, what quarterback in the National Football League whose last name begins with a B is the best player right now, what would you say? Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Who would be the second? I'm um, Brady. That's who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year in Phoenix. Bucks versus Bengals, Burrow versus Brady's. The bees are everywhere. That's what this is going to become. The goat, is he ready to hand over the reins to the young lion? And is the young lion ready to take the pride away from the old king that's been here forever? That's where I feel. This is all going to end up, and here's why. When you look at the NFC, you got Jalen Hurts, who's going to be on the bye next week. Hopefully he plays a couple game stats. But it's hard for a young player off of that kind of layoff due to injury to come back and operate with the efficiency he had before. No one else in the NFC really scares you. I mean, who's afraid of Minnesota or Green Bay or Detroit, whoever ends up in the thing. Then you have the 49ers. And I've said this from his first start. Brock Purdy has a mistake field game coming. If you look at the Raiders game in the All-22, that was the first time I've seen him from a decision-making standpoint be a little erratic. He missed some open guys. He threw the ball in the coverage a couple times, missed some throws he has made. And sometimes it's they're getting more film on you. Sometimes you're a little overconfident. But no one is coming to this league and just played 10 games straight and not had a bad outing. And I was hoping that the outing happened before the regular season ended, but it looks like it's going to spill over to the playoffs.
7: Well, that's a legitimate concern, and you're right. There was a period in that Raiders game where he looked a little bit shook. I'm not going to lie. And Kyle Shanahan immediately went back to a screen pass to Ray Ray McLeod. Luckily, it went for 40 yards, and that kind of really took a lot of the pressure off of Brock Purdy. But I don't get the Tom Brady thing. Like, what are you basing that off of? Last time I saw Tom Brady, he was getting his rear end handed to him by the 49ers. So, like, what about Brady now, all of a sudden, has you thinking he's going to get to the Super Bowl?
5: Well, I think the Bucs, for the first time all season, are healthy on offense. And I do think they have the deepest receiving core, top to bottom. Maybe not as top-heavy as some teams, but there are six receivers, Julio Jones. You know, Justin Gage is their fifth. Like, they have depth, they have talent. Carolina's got a pretty good pass defense. Just threw for 400-plus. They finally start completing the ball down the field. I just think they're getting better. I don't think they're all the way right, but they're getting better. And I think they're the dangerous team in the NFC. I think this sets up for them to make a run. And listen, if we get a rematch, I'll take my chances, Brock Purdy versus Tom Brady. I'll I'll roll the dice that the old GOAT can get it done. I know what happened last time. Again, I always say this about that game. That first play of the game when Brock Purdy didn't see the nickel blitz and he gets smashed and it's about to be second and 20-something. Instead, it's first and, and 10 from like almost to 50 all of a sudden. I wonder how different that game is if that call doesn't go against Tampa. The first play of the game? Yeah, man. Tempo set early. Refs had already said <laughs> we're going to protect the Niners at all costs. Brady, we don't care how many tickets you bought
7: because yeah, we know the refs never take care of Tom Brady. The Bucs didn't win a game this year based solely on one of the worst roughing the passer calls we've seen. You might be telling the truth. <laughs> All
4: right, can we, Honey, can we can we can we can we move on from the from the Buccaneers craziness? Um, just remember where you heard it first. Bucks, Bingles, Bingles, Bucks. I remember that you told me the Reds would win the division. And, you know, that worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, stats. Debo Samuel, I know there's some incentive thoughts out there. He needs like 152 yards to hit an incentive in his contract. How much should we expect from Debo on Sunday? I would be surprised. I know he was full go. He's off the injury report, which is great. But how much should we expect to see him on Sunday?
7: going to be interesting because usually when he comes back from an injury, he's full go, 100%, full snap count, no issue. But – they do this is a little different situation they have to keep the playoffs in mind but I think Kyle's going to give him some pretty significant run because he hasn't been playing and Kyle's focus is primarily getting guys right for the playoffs. He wants to hit the ground running when they get to the playoffs. He doesn't want Debo to have to, you know, get back into the swing of things during a playoff game. So I think as, as long as the the situation doesn't get too crazy with the 49ers and Cardinals, I think Debo is going to get, you know, a, a significant amount of snaps in the game, probably 75 to 80%. Well,
4: and Elijah Mitchell back, too. So, you know, Sean's talking about the the health of the Buccaneers' uh, offense. Is this the healthiest we're going to see the 49ers' offense in quite some time? They're in a really good spot right now. Christian
7: McCaffrey didn't practice uh, earlier in the week, but he's back at practice now. He has no injury, injury designation for the game. You mentioned Elijah Mitchell coming back. George Kittle now is healthier, I think, than he was earlier in the year when he first came back. They do have Dre, a question with Dre Greenlaw and Aaron Banks, so two guys that are important on each side of the ball, but nothing major with them that should keep them out. And you, especially you compare it to where the 49ers were last year at this time. Jimmy Garoppolo had two major injuries. Trent Williams had a bum ankle that he really shouldn't have been playing on. They're in such better shape this year health-wise than they were last year, even with their third-string quarterback. That if they can get to the NFC Championship game last year, you should be confident that the Niners can make a similar run this year.
5: I know I'm where they better stay healthy, and that is quarterback. Considering that uh, the top two guys are already on the IR, uh, I won't be. I'll be interested how that impacts Shanahan's play calling come playoff time. You got to keep Brock healthy, yet he is athletic enough to create with his legs. So it's gonna be. Oh, I got some things I'm watching about the Niners on on paper. The Niners should be the favorite.
7: I mean, when you go into the playoffs, potentially winning 10 straight games, yeah, I would agree with you.
5: But the thing with, with Kyle Ooh, is... pride cometh before fall. I like it. I heard a little pride in that yeah, answer. I mean,
7: that's <laughs> just facts. I mean, sorry you don't want me to come out and speak facts. Kyle, I think, though, trusts Brock a little he bit does. more. Even more than he trusts Jimmy. At the end of the game against the Raiders, when they need a first down, Kyle calls a pass, a bootleg for Brock Purdy and Purdy actually gets hit when he throws it, and the Niners are lucked out because the ball just popped up in the air and Brandon, now caught it. But just the fact that he called a pass and put the game in Brock's hands in that spot. I don't know that he does that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Honestly, I think he gives it to Christian McCaffrey on a run or maybe throws a quick screen pass and just, you know, hopes for the best. But with Brock, he seems to be gaining confidence in him.
5: Yeah, I said this from the beginning. I think he trusts Brock more than he trusts Garoppolo. The problem will be, will Brock betray that trust come playoff time? Because he's a little more risky than he had been with that ball against the Raiders. But we'll see how it all plays out.
7: Yeah, he's been the beneficiary of some drop turnover worthy
4: plays for sure. We're talking to uh, Rob Stats, Guerrera, at Stats on Fire on Twitter. Stats, when you think back to this past Sunday, which was a thrilling game, and the 49ers win it in overtime, they don't get the cover. The defense has been kind of the calling card this year of this 49ers team. That's been the stability. Is there worries about how the Raiders had so much success this past Sunday, or do you look at that as a blip in the Raider?
7: Well, Josh McDaniels is really good at creating an offensive game plan. You can say what you want about him as a head coach, but the man knows offensive football. Very true. The the thing that gives me a little bit of encouragement is that the Raiders have really good skill position players, right? Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Jacobs coming out of the backfield. Those guys are really good. Not a lot of teams that have that good a combination of skill players as we saw from the Raiders combined with an offensive mind like Josh McDaniels. So I, that gives me some encouragement, but the truth is that the Niners secondary can be had, especially deeper down the field. And so it's going to be, the question is going to be whether teams can exploit that in the
4: playoffs going forward. Before we let you run stats, the likelihood just based off of the betting market right now would be 49ers Packers, which we saw last year. We saw three years ago. It's been a good matchup for the 49ers. Do you think it's a good matchup this year? If that's what we get next weekend.
7: I always get a little nervous because you're still facing a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, this is going to be potentially five times now where the 49ers would face Aaron Rodgers. The Packers defense looks a little better lately, but you can still run on them. And without Devontae Adams, who always eats the Niners breakfast, lunch, and dinner,
4: I'll take the Niners against the Packers, and I'll feel pretty comfortable, especially at Levi. NFL podcasts over at SB Nation. Check out his Niners Nation podcast at Stats on Fire. Always a pleasure, man. Bucks, Bengals, Brady,
5: Burrow <laughs> is coming.
4: Stats, what I have to deal with every
0: single day.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of
5: it, like that, see that,
6: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
2: what you know? I told you? I said, I said, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't need it. Ain't it? <laughs> <laughs>
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSYN, the sports betting network.
4: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward Points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Reward Points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is Sports Betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Alongside Sean King... I am Tim Murray. It is Sin prime time, and Sean, there's been a lot of talk Mm -hmm. this week that a way to attack Week 18 in the betting market is the player prop market because of incentives in player contracts. And Before we dive into the specifics of this week, I'm just curious. As a former NFL quarterback, what was this week like for you when you would go out there knowing that your wide receiver could get paid with five receptions or your running back could get paid with X amount of r- rushing yards, what is the talk like this week in NFL locker rooms? It
5: kind of depends culturally how that specific organization is made up. I was very fortunate that I was in you know one of the strongest cultures in the National Football League. So for us, it was a, a team effort. Uh, The coordinator understood where the player was at. I understood it. And listen, if you want to get a guy catches in this league, that's not hard to do because you can move him around, especially if he's an intelligent football player and and align him in different ways where he is a lot of times the first option in all of the concepts. The concepts might be exactly the same as they have been all year, but he's aligned in a different spot. So when you're going through your progression, he is in the early parts of the progression. So, You know, it's a situation, you you, you know what, you know, and you understand, you know, what's at stake. So, I mean, you want to get guys these bonuses because everybody knows that NFL stands for not for long. And everybody knows that those contracts aren't guaranteed. So... Every time you can add a quarter million dollars or three quarters of a million, or in Juju Smith-Schuster's situation, if he gets two receiving yards, a million and a half. I mean, first play of the game, right. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. We're going right, you know, to throw you... Uh, well, I can't throw you a screen behind the line of screens, but I'm going to throw you a hitch route, like on the first play. All right, let's get this pressure off. So, I mean, you want those guys to get those bonuses because they've worked hard. You know you know what they sacrifice physically and mentally and emotionally to... To just be able to to go out and compete every week. So you get it. You know. So trust me, these are big bonuses. Yeah. Like it's not like this is 10,000, 20,000. These are all six figure numbers. So if you're Tyler Higby, you've told Baker Mayfield, hey, yo, Bake, I need 13 receiving yards, (laughs) baby, for an extra 175. (laughs) Like Carl Lawson, you've gone to Robert uh, Salah, hey, listen, coach, I need to get at least. Seven to ten ISO rushes. Like he knows, like every third down, Carl Lawson will be in track sprinter stance. He's going to get it. Well, because it's an extra 600K. Like, so these guys know, like, they're going to put their best foot forward. Like, some of them I think are out of reach.
4: Yes. I actually don't think. I think Debo Samuel's out of reach. Yeah. I don't think Debo's 152 getting. 152 yards. I mean,
5: unless he, like, goes for 80 something on one carry. Like, I don't see him getting 152 rushing yards. I don't see Patrick Mahomes getting the 430 yards passing. Really? Because I think because of Max Crosby in that front, the Raiders can get pressure on the opposing team's quarterback. And to throw for 430, you can't spend the whole game checking it down. Like, you're going to have to create some explosive plays. And in doing that, you also expose yourself to risk. You know, more balls potentially getting deflected or intercepted or or other things happening. So. I don't think Patrick gets to 430. I think he's going to try, but I think at some point they realize it's unrealistic, and they just try and make sure they win the game.
4: Well, I'll say this about the Raiders. Their pass defense stinks. It's 29th in the league. It they is. allow 246 yards per game. Uh, one player that I think is interesting, we had a graphic, and I know uh, the folks that uh, followed the money put this together, so appreciate that. DeAndre Carter is a guy that was an undrafted free agent. He's bounced around in practice squads. Over his career, Sean, he's made just under $4 million, which is a hell of a life, right? I I would take $4 million. DeAndre Carter needs two receptions for $100K and 55 receiving yards for $100K. And remember this. There's a strong likelihood that when this game kicks off, this game is meaningless for the Chargers seating-wise. So you're hollering
5: at Chase Daniel. So yeah.
4: DeAndre Carter, I'm telling you right now, he's staying on the field until he gets those yards. So if there's any DeAndre Carter prop bets out there, I think almost I honestly of uh, uh, you know, outside of the, you know, the 2 yards receiving for Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Carter is getting 55 yards. Well, Jamal
5: Williams only needs 6 rushing right. yards for uh, 250. Uh, there like there's that, a couple that you know are going to happen.
4: But I'm saying DeAndre Carter's an interesting one because this is a guy that's been in the league for seven years, he's been on practice squads. He had a kind of a, a coming out type of year last year with Washington. Gets a you know a deal with with Los Angeles, a, a good deal for him, a million bucks. Mm-hmm. But he's got an opportunity to make 200K on Sunday. So I, I think w- would you say? I'm curious as a former player, yeah, you someone like a guy, DeAndre absolutely. Carter, yeah. like
5: Chase Daniel, who, yeah, and, and DeAndre Carter gonna be his own mouthpiece. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah, like closed mouths don't get fed, Tim. Like, you're not going to let, you know. Get me the ball, man. You're not going to say it like that, but you're going to be like, yo, J. Herb, hey, Chase, I'm sticking my head in the middle of the meeting. Hey, QBs, what's up, baby? I need you guys to remember two numbers, 2 and 55. That's what I need, two catches, 55 yards receiving. Hey, I got y'all favorite restaurant, man. You can take your girl's. On me, if I get these two things surpassed, like you listen, NFL is a bunch of alpha males, nobody's keeping quiet when you have 200,000 on the line. Having said that, I thought, why did I think Ingram from Jacksonville also had some kind of incentive?
4: Evan Ingram, yes, so he's already hit his so wasn't it getting 800 yards receiving or something? So he needs 61 yards to get to 800 yards receiving, okay, and that would net him another 200k, he's already hit the 600k. Uh, performance.
5: Well, 200K, a lot of money.
4: I know. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because I think the Jaguars is interesting.
5: You could because, buy you know, five or seven properties. Because
4: we have we have two Jacksonville Jaguars on the list shown, and we have another one to talk about in Evan Ingram. So Evan Ingram needs 61 receiving yards to get to his bonus of 200K. And then Christian Kirk can get to 500K each, so a million dollars with two receptions and 91 yards. Zay Jones can get a total of 750K with two receptions and 98 receiving yards.
5: But they also need to win this yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to say so here's the great part about this. Sean: Khan will give them that in 20s in cash as right. long as they get in the playoffs. Because he's going to make all that money back time, you know, 100 exit, you know, extra game, ticket sales, concessions, parking. Like, he's going to make that money back, you know, 100 times over. So he will gladly pay out all of these incentives. So I think the
4: differences and, uh, Jared uh, Jared Smith joined us last night to talk about it. The reason he likes Evan Ingram more so than Kirk and Jones is the point you just mentioned. The Titans, bad against tight ends, too. Well, and Shad Khan has given Christian Kirk and Zay Jones multi-year deals. So mm-hmm. there's a way to recoup this with, you know, hey, whatever. Evan Ingram's a free agent after this year. So he's he's potentially walking, could get there. So I think the Evan Ingram one and the fact that, as you alluded to, and Jared mentioned this last night, the Titans are the second worst defense against tight ends this year, allowing 65.9 yards per game. And Evan Ingram went for 11 catches and 162 yards against them on December 11th. So
5: let me make a point. I want you to watch this during the game. Because I took a picture of this on my phone. Yep. So that Saturday and Sunday I'll have this. You know, I just go to my gallery and watch it. Every guy that's on this list that actually has – At a set number of receiving yards, watch how their energy changes after they catch the ball. You know, receivers, you know, pretty boys, know they catch the ball, it's glide out of bounds, a yard short of the first down. You know, catch the ball, get down. Oh no, a bunch of Debo Samuels out there on Saturday and Sunday. Watch everybody on this list. Watch the energy change. (laughs)
4: Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think this is an interesting one. He needs 194 yards for an NFL record, but they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, no shot. He won't won't get it.
5: I'll say this. uh, Last thing on Mahomes, because I know he needs 432 in the early season matchup, which was in Kansas City. He only threw for 292 yards. He threw the ball 43 times.
4: Does he go over 324? That's the interesting one. Does he go over that? I don't know. I'm going to leave that alone. I feel like he goes for it. We'll see. Hope he gets it if he does go for it. Chris Andrews, where's the action coming in for week 18? The national championship. We get all of the latest from behind the counter with our good friend, Chris Andrews. What's that, Tim? Just remember, Sean was singing Hail to the Victor on New Year's Eve until he wasn't.